from Relay FM. This is Connected, episode 463. Today's show is brought to you by NetSuite, Squarespace, and ZocDoc. I am Relay FM co-founder Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Relay FM co-founder Stephen Hackett. Hello, Michael. Hello. It's a special day today. It is. This week marks Relay FM's ninth birthday. It's actually on the 18th, so it's on Friday. But mm-hmm. we are going to do our, I'm going to call this mostly annual. You can get into those details in a second. Yeah. Mostly annual uh, Q, Relay Q&A. This has taken different Indeed. forms over the years. But uh, mm-hmm. we are here on a podcast. Federico is still on vacation. And we thought, hey, let's let's perfect, do it all connected. Perfect excuse to do a, to a, do a co-founder Q&A. Yeah, I think so. Speaking about what you just mentioned, so Kate said, please link to all of the other Q&As to make them easier to find. Thank you. So in the show notes, there will be a link to all of the Q&As that we have done. So this goes back to like the first one was we did a Q&A for the launch week and then we did one on our first year, second year, third year. So like the second year was a B-Sides or the first year was a B-Sides. Second and third were on Connected. Uh, 2017, we did a YouTube video because we were in person. Uh, then 2018 and 2019, we were on Connected. <laughs> and then uh, 2020, we did a Q- the Q&A and announcement of the podcast-a-thon on our departures feed. And then there was also another one uh, in 2021 in the departures feed, which is a feed that we use for like some any like ancillary live shows podcastathon audio for sickos goes up there if you want to listen to the podcastathon <laughs> which i mean i don't know who's doing that uh there was no public q a in 2022 though oh what, what do we have to hide well we recorded an episode of backstage on the day mm-hmm. uh, backstage is a show that we do every month where we ask where we answer questions from the relay fm community um, which is you can uh, if you become a member you can go to f- if you subscribe to Connected Pro or get connectedpro.co you get access to backstage the eighth year which was last year I remember was basically we both kind of forgot like after a certain point you don't really you, eight years of a company existing yeah you kind of start to not really think about it in the same way but now on the ninth year we're looking forward to the tenth year so it's in our minds again so that's why we're doing it today. I'm glad you did all the work to find those. I opened the document mm-hmm. this morning, and I, I was going to do it. I was going to sit down like, hey, let me find all these. And it was already done. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, team. I was able to use my past self in a way because I've done this before, like linked to the previous ones ah. from a previous one. So that that helped me a lot. But then I had to do some like archaeology to try and work out what happened in 2022. And, and so I ended up working that one out. That's hilarious. So yeah, we're going to do a bunch of Q&A today. And um, I think we start with this question from Aaron. What do you think? Yeah. Aaron asks, will there be a 10th anniversary gathering or event like you did for the 5th anniversary? Stephen, what did we do on our 5th anniversary? Our 5th anniversary, we held a live show in San Francisco and a bunch of Relay hosts showed up and we played a big game of Family Feud. And that is exactly what we're going to do next summer but instead of san francisco we're going to do it in london god save the king baby we're doing it oh i'm so excited i'm so excited me too it's coming in july right july 2024 
we will be hosting our first live show outside of the United States of America. And it's going to be in my hometown. Yes. In a theater that you picked. Yes. Which I was so glad it worked out that we got to use your first choice. Yep. So here's how this is going to work. We're announcing it today because this question was asked. Aaron forced our hand. If you are a Relay FM member, you're going to get a link in Discord and in your email on Friday, August 18th. That is our actual anniversary. That is a link to buy tickets. Again, this is in July 2024 in London. The, the, the link will have all the details, but members will get that on Friday. If you're not a Relay FM member, you're going to have to wait to the next week. So starting on probably Monday, I think probably on Upgrade yep. will be the first time you talk about it, then mm-hmm. those will go out to the public. But you want to be a member and get in early. That and when that's the first time we're, we're not going to talk about now where it is. Uh, it's in a theater in London, it's an amazing theater. We'll have more to say about that. Um, but Stephen's coming over to London, a selection of Relay FM hosts will be coming. Like, there's logistics to happen, but there's going to be a bunch of hosts there, and we plan to play another game uh, in front of a live audience. I guess we'll talk about this a little bit more, but like, just as a while we're like trying to pitch you on the idea of why you should come, it's going to be our biggest live show ever if yeah. we sell out. Yeah, please, it's the, please it's the biggest that we've ever played in. <laughs> there, and we're kind of approaching this show a little bit differently to we have other shows. There won't be video. The reason there won't be video is because the cost of doing video was astronomically high with this venue. So we're not going to be doing video because we just can't make it work. Yeah. We will be recording audio, but this show is going to be made primarily for the people in the room, which is not necessarily a a mindset that we've had before, where we've also put a ton of effort into making sure we have good, clean audio. The venue will be recording audio, but we will be using the equipment the venue provides us. So it's going to be a slightly different. We don't know how it's going to come out, but like th- there also will be no live stream. Like if you want the best experience for this event, you want to be there, right? One hundred percent. It's going to be so yeah, good. It's going to be sick. Hmm. So thank you, uh, thank you for the first question. We're off to a real bang. Uh, what can we announce next? Uh, <laughs> we don't have anything else. Uh, nothing yeah <laughs> nothing yeah it is hilarious like this this time of year is when we're getting ready for podcastathon stuff we've got yeah. some questions about that later on but like my brain is just occupied by this live show right now and it's yeah. because it's the ticket sales for that come first once we get over that then i can start like properly thinking about the fact that we have a whole fundraiser to run through an entire yeah month. in fact when we were working with the venue on when tickets were going to go up I was like, hey, they have to be up this date because then we have a bunch of other stuff that we have to do uh, basically immediately after. And then so you'll be hearing about it for like we're going to talk about it a bunch for a week and then probably won't talk about it at all for September. And if if tickets are still available, which they probably will be, we'll be talking about it then for like seven months or something until all the tickets are sold. London, baby! Come on, Stephen. I'm so excited and I'm so thankful. I'm so excited. That we're able to do this and that you, uh, as the executive of live events, agreed that London was a good venue for the 10th anniversary. You know, it's been a while since we've done live events. And actually, my title has changed a little bit. Okay. It's Executive Senior Vice President and COO of live events. Okay. I got a bump. 
Wait, why can't why why are you just the chief? Wait, who's the CEO of Live Events then? Uh, well, that's um. That's a good point. Yeah, I think you you messed that one up. Well, you're the CEO of the company, (laughs) right? I guess we don't really have titles like this, but uh, yeah, CEO of live events. But you are you are COO and executive senior vice president of live events. Yeah, you just just got the wrong way around because it makes it sound like you're second in command to yourself. (laughs) I needed somebody I could trust in the role. I learned from Dwight Schrute. You know, you gotta have a second. You and. We saw in succession what happens Mm -hmm. when there's arguments about this and when people are in charge of live events. That's why we're not going into the cruise line business, that's for sure. So, As CEO, I have some news for you. Oh, no. The SS Relay is pulling into port right now. The whole thing is slate-colored. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, that would be pretty sick, though, right? I know. It would be pretty sick. We're not going to do that. We should buy a boat. Let's do that. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) The the 11th anniversary show at sea. That's what we're announcing today. That (laughs) sounds terrible. I basically get seasick in the bathtub, so I won't be there. (laughs) Morgan asks, where does that switch on thing come from? And why is Kathy the only person to ever use it? I will now ask Zach's question because they go together. Zach asks, do you regret my question about switch on on the connected Q&A four years ago? Yeah. Can you explain what switch on is, then talk about why Kathy's the only person to use it? So switch on is the rarely used tagline. If you go to the Relay website, it's in the footer. And it was in some artwork a long time ago, but we really don't use it it's just kind of been hanging out down there in the footer for we we originally thought we were going to use it yeah right and then mm-hmm. we just sort of just didn't didn't work out yeah so this came up on a q a and kathy is wonderful and i love working with kathy but kathy has a tendency to troll me when she gets the opportunity troll us yeah. when she gets the opportunity uh-huh. so she has leaned in to switch on and uses it basically all the time yep and as and Kathy's co-hosts have picked it up too. So on Conduit, Jay says it. Alex says it a bunch on Roboism. Uh, Kathy says it during every Spotlight episode where she interviews. This is another member perk. She interviews uh, a different Relay FM host. She just did a great one with John Syracuse. I'm like halfway through it. It's very good. But every time Kathy says Relay FM, she says switch on. And to me, it's like nails on a chalkboard to hear it now. Because I know that it's only to troll me and you. Yeah. Right? And and it won't and she won't stop. And now I've said that, I feel like it's only going to get worse. Mm. And I feel like there's probably nothing we can do about it. So Zach, yes, I do regret that you asked that question. <laughs> because Kathy has weapon weaponized our own bad <laughs> tagline against us. That's so true. Mm-hmm. And, and we should say, uh, Kathy's playing a big part in planning the live show and stuff for St. Jude, um, which we're going to talk about in the coming weeks. So, Oh, Kathy is incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm just Kathy saying, I don't want to leave. Kathy is incredibly skilled, but, but also one of troll. Kathy's skills is trolling us. <laughs> it's a <laughs> skill that she has. She's very good at it. Like, she is all of the other things that she does for Relay FM, which is a thankfully growing list of responsibilities, because... Yeah. It's good to have people that have growing lists of responsibilities. That is not me and you. Indeed. But Kathy has made a responsibility of her own to troll me and you with the tagline. Switch on, baby. Turquoise Hexagon Sun says, Imagine some company came along and said, You can't use Switch On because we have that trademarked. 
please, can some company come along and say that? Uh, <laughs> what new slogan would you choose for Relay FM? I don't know. The only thing I thought of, it's not a good slogan, but I put it on some coffee mugs we sent to hosts and friends a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And the mug said, uh, it was like keeping RSS cool since 2014 or something. Hey, you know, I thought that was kind of funny, a little tongue-in-cheek with, like, some other slogans in the world. But uh, I really, to answer truthfully, I honestly don't know what we would do. I don't think we would have one Probably anymore. Not. I just don't really think. Like, you know, we had uh, Creative Curious Obsessive for a while, but we've moved away from that. Where, like, that was, like, the, the you know, kind of, like, the, the way we described the uh, the types of shows that we have. But you rewrote that recently to say Relay FM brings together some of the most influential and unique voices on the internet cr- to create powerful content each and every week. Wow, you found that. It's supposed to be on the top of the website. I haven't done it yet. It's on the About page. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. It's going to go on the yeah, home page at some point. I just got to Oh, it. nice. I like powerful, by the way. Yes. We- Maybe that should be it. Relay FM. Powerful. Like that's powerful. just the tagline. <laughs> powerful. <laughs> we are a powerful company. Can you imagine? It's like you find that on a on a, a a pitch for podcast advertising. Oh, just like a t shirt that just said powerful. It's pretty good, right? I'd wear that's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Fire up Photoshop and time to make a t shirt. Yeah. The network, powerful. you know, doesn't skip leg day, that's what we're saying. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. So that that's that's that. That's all the tagline stuff. Uh, let me ask you this question from Aaron. I guess maybe the same Aaron who leaked our our tenth anniversary show. It's hard to say. There was no leak. Just to just to confirm this, by the way, before Aaron asked the question, you also in Discord mm. asked if there were going to be any live shows. Like you were teeing someone up. I know you were excited, as you should have been. Anyways, Aaron asks. Looking back, how has the last four years and a bit compared to the first four years and a bit of the company podcasting, etc.? Are we answering like for ourselves or? I think we start there. Yeah. All right. So for me, like I think maybe the easiest way to think about this for myself is like the last four years has been less work for me in the sense of running the company. Right. Like, I feel like the fact that we have brought people in in this latter half has helped a lot. So, like, my actual, like, day to day Relay FM running is less, where, like, I'm actually able to focus more on content now than I have been in the past. Um, that is like an ongoing thing for me, where, like, I think my best contribution to this company is the content. And, like, I just want to keep doing more of that right and less like administrivia yeah or whatever um or like you know for the majority of well not if i think even think it is the majority but for the first four years i was responsible for the sponsorship it was how we made all of our money and that was very stressful um i'm now not responsible for that anymore so like my biggest company like business role is a thing that i don't do anymore and so i would say like I am happier with the last four years than the first four years in a sense of like what I want to be doing for Relay FM. You know, mm-hmm. like all I, the whole point that this, this whole thing exists is because me and Stephen wanted to make podcasts and own everything and like make podcasts the way we wanted to make them and everything be the way that we wanted it to be. But to do that, you have to do a bunch of stuff like running a business. 
and I and I'm I am happier when I do less of the business running and more of the content production because that was the whole point for me in the first place. Yeah, and just to clarify about what you mean by some of that stuff, we hired someone named Carrie years and years ago, initially to be your assistant. Yep. And then they got involved in the sales process, and now they're our VP of sales and handle basically all of it. Oh, well, actually, uh, Chief Advertising Officer. Chief Advertising... Oh, I'm sorry. C-suite. I got distracted by my own titles earlier and yeah. forgot Carrie. <laughs> you don't even know what they mean anymore. Carrie is the Vice President uh, of Sales and, and Chief Advertising Officer of that division. Mm, and and uh, the Chief Data Entry Specialist for our advertising inventory system. Correct. I think for me, if, if if you split Relay up, I don't think halves quite make sense. I think of Relay as the time where I was still working for a year in the middle bit. And then sort of the current phase we're in starting in 2020 when we launched the membership program as we know it today. But I think the I think the this current era has been more work for me because I run the membership program. Uh, we flipped and, uh, you know, Kathy coming on board, she helps with a lot of administrative stuff, but she's also the community manager. So Kathy is sort of the, the final word in the discord, not, not me and Mike, right? She's helping us work with our hosts on their plans for membership shows. Like she, she's really been very influential in that program. But I think if I look back at my time there's a lot more of it spent on the admin end of things and there used to be, and that's fine. Like totally fine. Membership has been a big success and it not only got us through the pandemic, but it's getting us through a season now where podcast advertising isn't super stellar. And so it's doing what it was supposed to do. But with that obviously comes more hands on time, yep. which I'm, I'm glad to do because I love our membership program and I love our members. I assume membership will go for you the way advertising went for me. And that like over time, once it's even more stable than it is, uh, now that Kathy or someone else or whoever could take more of that role away from you, but a company of our size, I think it's very important that one of us is establishing the way that a thing will run. Yeah. And then we then know how it works. Uh, and even if, so then if somebody takes it over from us, we know how it works. And so... Mm-hmm. then it can move forward. And like, I really want you to do less of the admin work. Um, this is a conversation me and you had on our last um, in-person time around podcasts on time. We always take time to look at the company then. And it was something that I really wanted for you then and I still really want for you. And uh, I hope that we can get there uh, eventually. But I mean, as well, like I know for me and I, I think this is the same for you, uh, it, we're just the kind of people that it's hard to let go of things. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of, for me, it was it was easy to let go of the advertising when I, when I was able to see just how better at it Carrie was than me. Like, because mm-hmm. this isn't just admin, right? This is like right. making a deal, right? Which is like a different set of skills. She's just a better deal maker than I am. So it was very easy to let go when it was like, oh, this could be better for the company if I just if I stop doing it. And so that's kind of where that's ended up. So that's round one of our questions. Are we doing how many rounds? I don't know. Okay. 
This episode of Connected is brought to you by NetSuite. Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are now taking a week. We're talking about this on this very episode, right? How our company has grown over time. Sometimes you end up with too many manual processes and you don't have one source of truth for the data you're looking for. If this sounds familiar, you need to know these three numbers, 36,000, 25, and 1. 36,000 businesses have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25 because NetSuite is turning 25 years old this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days and not weeks, and help drive down costs. And one because your business is one of a kind. So you can get a customized solution for all your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to do this all in one place. Having all the information in one place makes it much easier to make decisions. A lesson that we have learned running our company over and over. Right now, you can download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash connected. That's netsuite.com, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com slash connected to get your own KPI checklist. Our thanks to NetSuite for their support of the show and Relay FM. Matthias asks, when you founded Relay, did you have a minimum realistic or best case goal for the company? And where do you see it now? I think we... We're just going to be really content with quitting our jobs and both doing it full time, <laughs> right? Uh, that I mean, was like the, the best case scenario yeah. was that we could. There are some questions in here. This is one of them that makes me feel like I was just a sweet baby boy when we started this company. Oh, yeah. Because I don't really feel like we had a plan. Yeah. You were 26 at the time. Ugh. I was 28. Yep. <laughs> God, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, <laughs> now I'm looking at 40, th- two and a half years away. Rough. <laughs> the passing of time comes for us all. This is by far the longest job I've ever had. Double any other job I've ever had. It's the longest position I've had. Like, you know, I, I worked at the bank for about the same amount of time as this. So like, um, I, I was close to 10 years, I think. Um, and so I will be passing it soon. So I need to actually work out the dates on that specifically. Yeah. But this is, you know, I, I moved around every couple of years to like different roles. Um, so this is the longest job I've had by a, a country mile, by like a factor of four. Did you did you bail on any cool 10-year, like, hey, you get a plaque. You know, some companies do that. Maybe we should do it for ourselves <laughs> next year. Yes, it was, it was going to be a pin, which is like the most stupid thing yeah Uh, i do think that there was some kind of like uh like stock compensation thing that Mm. i would have got or something stupid like that it would have been worth probably nothing but yet we didn't like because at the time all we were trying to do was what we were already doing but just on our own right which was like make podcasts in our spare time as our like creative hobby and maybe make a little bit of money Mm-hmm. And the hope was that that little bit of money might grow to a little bit more money. And if we owned and controlled the business, it would be enough money that we might be able to quit our jobs. I quit my job in a month, yeah, two months. <laughs> yep. Because it just started really well and it seemed like 
we had like a three-month runway from our original sponsors because people were excited, which was awesome. And we'd built up enough goodwill with a selection of companies that we had enough runway that like I could see that I would be able to do it for three months. And so I was like, well, I'm never going to have a better time than this. And if I just put myself into this 100%, mm-hmm. maybe we can like make it work. And I didn't have really any financial burden at that point. I was living with my mum. She supported it. And so I just went for it. Uh, and it worked out. But like it, the goal, like the best case scenario was just that like maybe one day we'll be professional full-time podcasters. Like that was all it was. There was nothing more than that. I put uh, a couple things in the show notes. Analog episode nine, we talked to Casey about this and then my blog post in 2015 announcing that I was quitting my job. So the, the, the very quick story, people may be aware of this is like there was like a story of a broken shoelace. Still have that shoelace. Uh, That's awesome. Fishakai asks, when are you most proud of your co-founder? Uh, I don't. That's sweet. Well, this is like when were was the question, right? And I don't have like, I couldn't, I was trying to, I can't think of like a specific thing, but there is just like a time when, like when S- Stephen Hackett takes to the stage, <laughs> he's untouchable. It is unbelievable. You never see a man change like the way Stephen Hackett does when he stands in front of an audience. It is, I am truly jealous of it because I think you are so good at it and you're so effortless. Uh, and so I think that that, when I see you like commanding an audience, it's, it is awesome. You're very good at it. Thank you. I enjoy it. And, uh, we're going to do well, it again. I enjoy it, but I'm just scared of it. I'm yeah. scared of it, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Uh, I, uh, yeah, no, I get it. And thinking about you, I respect so much about you. I think when I'm most proud of you is when you are in your mode of like idea generation and imagination. Out of the two of us, mm. I think you are much better at that, at seeing things that aren't done that could be done. You know, you do it at Relay, you do it across your other projects. And I always just really immensely respect that about you, that you have these ideas. I think it's one one of many ways that we're a good fit together is that often you were out ahead of me a little bit sometimes on like new ideas. And then like we talk about them and I can help you implement them in a bunch of different ways. And I think we've done that over and over. And so that's when I see you in that mode, I always, I'm always so happy. Yeah, it's stuff. I, I very much appreciate that. That is very kind of you to say. Uh, thank you. And I do agree. It's one of the things that makes us good is that like I typically have an idea, but I have no idea how to do it. Like that. That is my thing. It's like, oh, I have this idea, but I, d- I don't know mm-hmm. what to do with this. And yeah. you are very good at like working out what to do with it. This is any time that we talk about our custom content manager system. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this comes up. Speaking of which. Oh, what a segue. Kay asks, Relay FM historian Kay asks, how is Neon doing? What are the most unexpected problems you've come across running your own content management system? Hmm. Yeah, so Neon is the, is the name of our CMS. We bought the core of it from somebody else and have been developing it for over nine years now. I think the thing that has, has surprised me the most about it is the way different people expect things to work. So we have probably 20 people who can log into it and publish shows and, you know, do things. And 
they all want or have slightly different ideas about how things should be. And that's just been a little bit surprising. It's like, I kind of see it like, oh, well, it should work this way, obviously. And someone's like, why would it work that way? Why not do it the other way around? You have to work through all that. It's been challenging. The question I, I think about sometimes or I get sometimes is, if you were starting today, would you build your own CMS? I honestly don't know. When we started, and I've said this before, when we started, there really wasn't anything out there platform-wise that gave us what we needed, where we had one website with multiple podcasts, all with their own feeds. And yeah, like in 2014, I could have hacked together like some WordPress thing or used something like Squarespace, but none of them gave us really what we needed because none of those things, as good as they may be, none of them gave us like, this is built for podcasting. And and ultimately, the way I kind of think about it now is we have Neon as sort of a sort of an extension of the thing you said at the beginning, that we want to do this our own way and be in charge of it to make our own decisions. Like, what better way to do that with software than build it yourself? And so it has been painful. It has been incredibly expensive over the years. But it has been also, I think, a real asset that lets us do what we want to do in the way that we do it. For instance, and I'll shut up after this. We take great pride in really thorough show notes almost to a show on the network, right? Where if you look at the, at the, the, the links that, you know, things we talk about, not only is anything major we're talked about in there, they're also in order that we spoke about them in. And there are also sometimes things in there that barely get mentioned, but we think, think are interesting or related somehow. That is not the norm in podcasting on the whole. And in talking with podcast producers using other platforms or working elsewhere, it's either that they don't think about it or their audience doesn't seem to care about it. Maybe our audience does. But a lot of it is also we don't have a good technical way of doing that. It's like, bro, it's just links. Like, just throw them in the, you know, throw them right there in the feed. Uh, so that's something that we knew from day one we wanted to do. So we built features around that to make it really easy to manage those links and to add them. I think that's just a small example of what we get out of having our own. Yeah, I will say as the person who does not manage neither the finances or the technology stack of the company, right? You you do both of those things. The question of would if we were starting over, would we want to do it again? I would say yeah. Like I think we I think that that's where we would end up. I think we would be frustrated with something off the shelf. It's so valuable that it works the way we want and anything we want we can do when it, it came to like having the membership shows there were so many ways to distribute that content but what i d- i didn't want to be like entering things in mul- into multiple places or whatever and so it's all built into like a another part of our cms and when you're done build when we're done building shows there's one button that you press and it duplicates it to a secondary feed all of the information except the audio link which we just put the membership audio link in and publish it. And it's like a secret feed that feeds into Memberful and then goes out to members for the distributed feeds. Like there are so many ways that that could have been done. And if we didn't have our own system, we would have been and would still to this day be copying and pasting a bunch of stuff from box to box to box to box. If you wanted to keep it secret, like private, but we're able to do that. And again, like, because we own our own thing. Yeah, this CMS publishes to a website. There are no web pages for the private shows because we are able to adjust it that way. Where like 
You know, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't think that there would have been a tool that would have allowed us to do what we do the way that we yeah. do it unless we already owned it. And so right. we own it. And it's awesome. And it's a fantastic asset that our company has. And if you, I mean, just think about our peers, right? Think of ATP, you think of the incomparable, you think of Twit, like all using custom publishing platforms for the same reasons, basically. Mm-hmm. Because it's like a similar idea uh, of wanting wanting it to be a certain way and then being able to manage and maintain that. I mean, it is an old school, you know, what you've just listed as well is a bunch of old school tech podcasts. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, but that's the point um, that we have our own ways of wanting to do things. Jason Snell's entered the Discord saying movable type and uh, oh boy, the incomparable CMS is powerful, but it's a it's a real beast. Yeah, movable type feels like the Cold War relic a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna hear about that from him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jason says in Discord, "You gotta do what you gotta do." You know, uh, it's it's telling that he moved six colors off of it. We'll say that. <laughs> All right, let me ask you the, this question from David. You've said several times sensibly that you don't want to expand the network with more shows. No more horizontal growth could imply more vertical growth. What would that involve? Well, but I am taller than you. So, so the way that I see this question (laughs) is that horizontal (laughs) growth is like what we have done through the company's history. And like we always spoke about this, like in the early days of Relay FM, if we added a new show, we would grow the company's revenue. Like it would just happen. And you could watch it happen. That like, you know, every month that we added a new show, the company's revenue would increase. Over time, that impact lessened. And that is due to, I think, just like an overall abundance in the podcasting ecosystem. That like launching a new show in our world today doesn't have as much impact as it used to. And realistically, the amount of work and effort that a new show requires is more than we have to give right now to actually break through. And breaking through today is harder, it's different, and we're in a world where me and Steven didn't break through. So all the ways in which we broke through in 2014 do not apply today. Part of that, I just want to say, we're to blame for, right? Like part of the reason that our Corner of the Internet podcast is pretty saturated because we have a bunch of awesome shows, right? And that makes it harder for us to break through with something new. And I think, unfortunately, it also makes newer projects harder to break through. So like we're talking about this, but we're not like we are part of the situation, I think. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, but there are different things that people do today, you know, like understanding video more than we do. Um, and, you know, and that seems to be where a lot of the action is. Uh, and, you know, like on, on Upgrade, me and Jason are like a couple of old men kind of like doddering our way through what it might be to have a TikTok. But like people do it better than us. And that t- seems to be the way that people make things work for themselves now. But it's also a thing where I think for me and you, for our shows, we are mostly content with what we have audience wise. But that probably leads into vertical growth would be could come in the form of two things. It could either be in large larger audiences or larger revenue. Larger audiences I I don't know. It's hard. Who wouldn't you know, like who wouldn't want a bigger audience for their project? Like <laughs> right. it, it is a it is a very, very complicated thing. And we're dabbling in new stuff, but realistically, we don't know what to do about how to grow it. So I'm not really sure. Sh- I don't have an answer for that. 
we do have and have always had uh, space in our advertising inventory for vertical growth there. And so, like, that is just a case of, like, continuing to improve our ad selling capabilities. And, like, that's the thing. Like, we have space, so in theory, we can continue to grow company revenue, but I don't really think that that's what David would care about. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't think our listeners particularly care about company revenue. What I'll say, though, is company revenue means that more of your favorite shows have more ads on them, which is good for those shows existing and for those creators. Um, again, another thing that could grow company revenue and has done, thankfully, is the membership business. And, you know, and like that is a thing where like with membership, we are in that that stage right now that we were what I was just referencing back in the day of we'd add a new show to the network and revenue would increase. Well, now if we add a show, like a membership portion to a show, it increases the membership revenue, it increases the revenue that hosts make, and it also increases the amount of members that we have. So like we're still in that part of the business, which is awesome for that. And we're still learning new things and trying new stuff out with membership, which is great. And it's still growing, which is awesome. Uh, Jason asks, not that one, but a different Jason asks, I think. What is something each of you has learned about the other since launching Relay that has strengthened your working relationship? I think we've gotten pretty good at knowing, okay, the other one of us doesn't really care about this and need to be involved and we can just do it. I feel like in the early years, we double checked with each other on basically everything. And I'm glad we did, right? I think it it added off a lot of arguments maybe we would have had in those early days. But I think now we know each other definitely well enough where we kind of understand where where people land. Like, for instance, I think we were talking maybe before we hit record. Maybe it was on the live stream, though, I think. Maybe it was in the pro show where I spent my morning. I don't know when it was. We were talking and some people could hear us. <laughs> no, I just like that there were like three different places in which this thing could have been and no one will ever know. No, it's impossible to know. I actually think it was, <laughs> it was when we were live before we pressed record. Okay. So in that time frame very confusing uh, i shared that i spent my morning working on some saint jude campaign stuff and like you didn't know what those conversations were I asked you a couple questions i got your affirmative and then we could move forward right so i think that sort of thing has been good i don't know that's a, probably not as specific as this answer that jason wanted but it's kind of what i think about it uh yeah i agree with this but i would say a similar thing it's not necessarily again when i'm not no i don't really know if i'm answering the question as such but as we have changed as people that has also been very helpful. Like, I think earlier in our career, like, I was better at dealing with what everybody needed, like, what our hosts needed, um, and was able to, like, help people out a lot more. And then as time went on, you became better at that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think it was just, like, a patience and bandwidth kind of thing. As our lives changed, you became better at handling that than me because there was a time where I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. Um, and now I think we've kind of, this is like another thing that that we've traded off over time of like the responsibilities. And I think that we dance that dance very well um, of matching what the other one needs and providing it, which is why we could, why we've ran a business for nine years and have maybe had two arguments uh, in that entire time. I also think that like a real example of that is we share an email inbox Mm -hmm. and we never talk about who's going to answer the emails. (laughs) Yeah. We just know. Just know. Membership support comes to me. Ad stuff goes to you. Usually invoicing stuff goes to you. Ad stuff comes to me and then I 
give it to Carrie. <laughs> Carrie, <laughs> yeah. But we have we. I don't want to subject Carrie to that email address. Mm-mm. So I think it's easier that I just I I I can field that for her for now. This is an interesting question from Marley's. Has the company felt any negative consequence in terms of audience and reach by no longer having a presence on Twitter for itself and most of its shows? No idea. I don't think it's been any problem. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, see, I, I look. I look at the mentions every once in a while. There's nothing yeah. there. The thing is, like our audience, on the whole, like you know, you may be out there, you may still love Twitter. That's awesome. On the whole, in mass, our audience isn't on Twitter anymore, so it's fine. We're on Mastodon. The company has a Threads account. I, I still can't automate things to Threads, but as soon as I can, we'll get the sort of post bot going there. But uh, it seems to have been fine. Yeah, I mean, I have a much smaller following than I did now. So I don't know if maybe a lot of my followers on Twitter weren't real or, you know, I don't really understand what's happened. I think I joined Mastodon too late and I think that was a thing. But realistically, I know where my audience is. Like, you know, I don't I don't need uh, I don't need like social media to tell people about a thing that I'm doing. Yeah, I have podcasts which have larger audiences than I've ever had on any social media, all the social medias I have combined. So like, I just don't, you know, I know, I know where to, to talk to people about what I'm doing. And it's like here right now, mm-hmm. that has been a, 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 uh, a very good thing to realize in my life. I would say that like, you know, I can look at our download figures across the network and see that there may have been a slight decline, but there are like a thousand things that can affect that. Sometimes, and most of the time, it's just algorithms of how download numbers are calculated. And so like, it is impossible to see because there is no pattern, you know? Like if I look at this time now to like seven months ago, some shows are up, some shows are down. But if I would have looked three years ago, it would have been a similar thing. So like there are winds of change, you know what I mean? And, and I, don't, I don't really feel like I understand that Twitter is responsible for any of these changes. It's hard to know. What I know is that, like, it's not like everybody stopped listening to our shows because we didn't tweet about them anymore, you know? I'll say uh, blogging is more popular than it was when the, when Twitter was around. So 512 is doing, like, record page views with, with no Twitter presence. That doesn't make any sense to me. I think people were like, oh, yeah, RSS. Like, I think... People kind of got used to oh, doing I that suppose. again. But that's really strange. And then they see everything you post as opposed to just whatever the Twitter app shows. Them. Huh. Okay. Or, you know, maybe I've hit my stride 15 years into blogging. <laughs> Could be that. <laughs> maybe, you know, like maybe now now's the time. Blogging is like a zombie. It's come back to life. It's true. It's the third or fourth era, I think, of blogging that I've, I've been a part of. I'd like to say nobody asked a question about this, but now I'm just going to pipe in and just be like, you know, in that... In, essence like we've been doing this for so long i've seen the death of podcasting like six times you know what i mean and you know it's like a similar thing right now i feel like i'm hearing from a lot of our really wonderful friends who i love very much who are podcasters and everyone seems very concerned about advertising right now everybody it's gonna be okay yeah take it from me we're just going through a period that's all it is like don't worry about it rose up from the dead we do it all the time i mean it's just we're just in a in a different phase right now uh things are changing all the time and we're just gonna move forward of it you remember like the last time everyone thought podcasting was dead 
was because Spotify existed. Well, like yesterday, mm-hmm. Spotify took the exclusive reins of a bunch of their shows and started publishing them everywhere. So, like, you know what I mean? Spotify's attempt at killing podcasting did not work because they had to give up. They spent so much money on these shows, now they need to make money from them, so they're now putting them on Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. So we've seen it a bunch of times. Don't worry about it. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, products, services, even content with Squarespace. And they have everything you need in one place. Think about what you may want on a website for your business or project. Obviously, you want informational pages. You won't probably want some nice-looking galleries with photos or video. But maybe you want to host a podcast or a blog, or you want an FAQ section or contact forms that integrate with a Google Drive or MailChimp or other services. Squarespace has all of that, and their new tool, the Fluid Engine, makes it really easy to make all of it look great. You start with a best-in-class template, you customize every design detail with this new drag-and-drop engine. It works on desktop and mobile. And you can stretch your imagination online with Fluid Engine. And it's built in and ready to go on any new Squarespace site. And they have that online store for physical and digital products. And, of course, you get awesome analytics to track all of it, see where your traffic is coming from, see what your visitors are up to. Absolutely love building on Squarespace because all these tools are in one place. They all look great. They all work really well. And at the end of the day, I can have a really awesome looking website for a project I'm involved with that is really affordable to build and to keep up for years to come. So check out squarespace.com connected for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the code connected to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com connected and the code connected when you decide to sign up to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for this, your favorite podcast. Our thanks to Squarespace for the our thanks to Squarespace for the support of the show and Relay FM. I would like to jump in here at this moment and just like underscore that line. Squarespace have been with us since the very beginning, nonstop for nine years. Thank you, Squarespace. Thank you, Squarespace. Drillerick asks, what was your budget going in and how did you manage it? I guess that means like when we were starting the company. I assume so, man. <laughs> did you stick to that budget? How did you have that number? Here's what we did. <laughs> Mike and I went to our banks and we said, I want all the money I have, please. And they put it in a little paper baggie and we built a website and we hired a designer and we did a bunch of stuff. Uh, I don't remember how much that money was now, but I do know that we paid it back to ourselves within the first quarter of being in business. So um, I know how much it was for me. I don't. I don't remember if I don't remember how this worked out. Like I genuinely don't remember how much money we all put in. I think it was just a case of we put in whatever we could, and we just worked out that we'd pay each other back. And but mine was seven thousand pounds. That was how much I put in at the beginning. Uh, it was all the money I had. I had it was my life savings at that point, and I put it all in, and we got it all back very quick. It was fantastic. But yeah, I remember that. That was it. There was no budget. It was like, how much money can we put in? Great. Mm-hmm. This is how much money we have. That's the end of it. There was not like, and we're going to spend this much because also there was no expense. We had barely any expenses. Like our expenses were so small for a really long time so like we didn't need to budget like that i would say even to this day while we our expenses have gotten much more because we have people 
for a company of our size and scale and age, our expenses are still small. Yeah, agreed. Like realistically, most most of the money that we pay out is like what would essentially be commission, right? Yeah. More than anything else, that's like to hosts and for the advertising sales and stuff like that rather than like fixed monthly expenses. For a long time, this probably isn't the case now, but for a long time, our biggest expense was Slack. Yeah, it's not anymore. Is that still the case? Okay. Uh, web hosting anymore. has taken it over. What? How? By quite a bit. Boo. Uh, our website does a lot of stuff. <laughs> Boo. Web hosting. You suck. Uh, but Can't we, we need just it. run it all off a of Mac Mini again? No. No. Oh. The website never ran on Mac Mini, just the live stream. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I put in... It was a similar amount. Uh, it may have been, yeah, maybe five or six grand. But yeah, basically... I'll, basically all the money I had in my savings account. And uh, my wife was uh, seven, eight, no, she was eight months pregnant with our youngest son when we launched the company. So that was a fun time. And that was like, I think it was a consideration where it's just like, I'm just going to put in everything I have, but you shouldn't, right? It was just like, you yeah. know, like, it, it, because it was, I had nothing. And my funny, the remember like talking about money. Do you remember like, <laughs> it was like two weeks before, we were going to launch the company, and I spilled uh, Coke on my laptop. I do remember that. It destroyed my MacBook Pro mm-hmm. or MacBook Air or something. And uh, so, I like, this was, I think, during the time period or, like, dur- yeah, I think it was during the time period uh, of where we left 5x5 five five and were getting ready. And so, I ended up being able to claim on our home insurance. Oh, yeah to get a new laptop and i was super sad because i had a bunch of great stickers on my laptop and they they wanted the laptop yeah oh yeah which didn't make any sense to me but they wouldn't give me the the money to get a new laptop unless i gave them the old laptop so i gave them the old laptop they gave me the money i bought a new macbook and was ready to go i had forgotten about that till you said it what a terrible day (laughs) that was so bad man it was so bad i think i was talking to casey but i'm not sure yeah there was no, you know what I was doing? I was recording a I was I was a guest on a podcast, which was hilarious. So like there there was an episode of a podcast somewhere where I was only on half of it because I destroyed <laughs> my computer. <laughs> that's good. That's that's incredible. Hey, hey, I'm a professional. <laughs> well, you know, it happens to the best of us. Edwin asks how close or far are you from the vision you had for Relay FM nine years ago? I think we touched on this earlier. I think we've we've been so fortunate to be so far past anything we could imagine in the beginning. Yeah, uh, imagining the size that we're on now, the, the number and sort of the amazing people we get to work with, the membership community. We didn't have any of that. I think in our wildest dreams back in the day, you know, we were young and very focused on what was right in front of us. And so, yeah, I think it's been an absolute amazing, incredible ride that, you know, we're, we're thrilled where it's ended up. Yeah. Our biggest achievement is the host page, Mm -hmm. the selection of people that we get to work with who are either, you know, either a, we're like around for and doing this stuff for a long time before us or B have like come onto the scene after us and also are with us. Like that is like that's the best thing, like, and and that is something that we would never, I never would have assumed that we could have secured, right? Like, to be able to have the trust from so many people 
to be the place that they produce their content. Like I think that's that's super cool, and I never could have imagined that that would have occurred. Here's another one from Marley's. You both worked very hard over the past years. Do you see a time in the near future where you can lay back and sort of let everything you've put in place run itself for a while? This is interesting because this is not a conversation we've ever had. Yeah. So it's... I have a very specific... I have a very clear answer in my mind, but we've never spoken about it. Mike wants to go to the beach real bad. (laughs) Before you give your answer, Uh I will say one reason this is a complicated question is because we are both owners and hosts on shows. Yeah. And so while I may take a week off from administrative work and it mostly be okay, I have some catch up to do, but you know, the world doesn't come to an end. Taking a week off my podcast means that I've got to sort something out with you and Federico. I've got to talk with David for MPU. You know, if we're doing a genius, we got to move that around. And so it is more than just the owner part of what we do because we are talent or host or whatever, you know, we also have weekly obligations, but what say what you're going to say? Cause I'm, I'm curious. Well, I, I read this question as just the owners part. Okay. Right? That like, we're still, we're, we're just like hosts, like any other host. Yeah, yeah. Like that's how I read this. And like, for me it is a dream of mine that like one day, like I kind of alluded to it earlier. Like all I do is just produce podcasts. Like, that's all I do. I create the content and don't have to think about the running of the company. The problem is, <laughs> the problem is, and I expect this will probably be very similar to you of like, oh boy, do I have opinions though. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing I'd have to let go, right? Like let's imagine a scenario where we hand off our reins to two people who are better than us, right? Or like they're going to come in and they're going to run the whole bag, right? Imagine that scenario. Are we like uh, chief vision officers or chief podcast officers at that point? I don't think, I mean, maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe maybe we're just like, we are, uh, what, what's, what's Phil Schiller? Fellows. We're a couple of fellows, you know? Relay fellow. That's a title I want. Relay fellows. That's us. Where we're merely advisors at that point, right? Like if anybody has any questions for us, they can ask them. But realistically, the company is run by other people. Mm -hmm. Problem is, they're going to make decisions and I might not agree with them. Yeah. I have to keep it to myself because that's, you know what I mean? I can't tell people what to do. But also we're the owners of the company they're in charge of. Like there's also like an inherent cycle there that's weird. Well, no, no, no. We just become like shareholders essentially at that point. Or like we're on like a board or something. But like the day-to-day running of the company would be by done by other people. I'm experiencing a mini version of this right now with the advertising stuff, right? The goal that me and Kerry have right now is that like – she doesn't ask my opinion on things unless she wants advice. The the goal is like I'm she's just running it her way. Like she runs advertising her way. Like that's what we're trying to work together on. I have opinions, but she I'm not you know, we're working on trying to establish the idea that like I can share my opinions, but she doesn't have to do them. You know, and that's that's a hard thing because we have a long relationship of like I was in charge of this part. And so like, if I had an opinion about something, we could have a conversation about it and maybe she could, you know, could help change my mind or whatever. But like the buck stopped with me. So like, you know, we would do it that way. And if it went wrong, well, that was my fault. You know, like that's just how companies work. But now she is in control of it. 
as the chief advertising officer. And so like we're shifting our relationship that way where like she's just like, I'm going to do this thing and I would like to know what you think about it. What do you think? Or otherwise, it's just like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm like, okay, you know, so. Well, she's like a third equal party in our weekly standups and stuff now, right? Like she. something that we changed. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've kept her as we've been planning the Relay 10 show. She's been riding the conversations with, hey, this is the venue we're looking at. This is the budget we're looking at. You know, these are the dates. So she's aware. And so she's become a much more integral part of the team. Yeah. It's like, even though realistically, that's not part, that doesn't fall within her remit. She's now like in our little yeah. C-suite that we have. And so she has to be aware of everything that's going on in the company, right? Like the same as like, you're aware of what she's doing, but you don't have any particular input on it. It's like a similar thing. <laughs> Hardly ever. I can think of like two times like, hey, w- wait a second. <laughs> yeah, but no, no. But, you, but you, everybody has opinions, right? And like was, it's we're a small enough company that it's helpful to share those opinions. So what I'm saying is like the idea would have to be that like there would be people that would run the company and that they would just run it. And me and you would just be like out there as advisors if necessary, but we're not doing the day to day. That is like a dream scenario to me because then... All I get to do is make podcasts, right? Which is all we ever wanted to do, you know? But mm-hmm. do I ever realistically imagine that's going to happen? I don't know. Probably not. But like, got a dream. You know what I mean? I don't want to retire, you see. <laughs> like, so, uh, but I can't continue. And neither of us can continue doing the same thing forever. No. So I would like this to continue. And so ultimately, people coming in to help us run it is, a, I think, a very possible future in like another 10 years from now mm-hmm. and we both have you know, other do you things. really want to be 20 years like a no change no. that's a long old time man no i mean we've already changed so much but you know there are still yeah. things i do today that I did nine years ago just like you mm-hmm. have things yeah but do. there are also things that i could imagine that you never thought you would stop doing but you stopped doing them I don't pay people anymore. Right? Because it's, and that is like one of these things where like, can you imagine like, you know, back then it's like, oh, how could we ever trust someone? Yeah. It's like the most important thing. It's like, well. I had to pay people last week because Kathy was out and boy, that's a, <laughs> that's a whole process. I'd forgotten mm-hmm. how it went. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a long thing. It takes, and there's a lot of checks and a lot of balances. Thankfully, well, no one gets paid by check, but thankfully we do have a Google doc that has the process in it that I reviewed carefully. <laughs> I don't want to screw it up. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I don't want. To, that's good that that exists. I don't want to tell Kathy. Hey, I've made a terrible error. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I paid Casey ten thousand too many dollars, and he just took it. That's and a, he's not answering pay my Casey calls. Ten thousand dollars. That's a terrible. That is a terrible error. <laughs> <laughs> Please uh, become an analog member. I don't. What do you think about what I said? Does it upset you? Are you scared about it? No, no, a little. Just you know, but I think that. With Carrie in particular, and with, with, with Kathy as well, but I don't think we've given as much to Kathy as we've given to Carrie by any means. It's proven not only to be fine, but to actually be better. You know what I'm saying? Well, so I, I'm, I'm not good. I don't assume that me and you are like the best business people. You know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We, we're good at the content creating stuff, but like to do that, we needed a company. So we just made one. But like, there's that question did you have a budget? Well, oh, no, we probably should have though. But we <laughs> didn't even think about it. Yeah, we're like, how much does it cost to do this? Like, okay, well, we still have that money, so we'll spend it, you know? Yeah, exactly what I mean. So that's that's what I think. Even now, there's parts of the business that are probably too loosey-goosey. Oh, but, gosh, yes. But they work for us, but they 
are probably not the best way that things should be done. Yeah. And so, like, that's what I mean. Like, someone could come in and just be like, all right, Grandpa, you go over there <laughs> and talk about Macintoshes, right? Yeah. And, like, you go, and me, like, you go over there and talk about pens, and we'll just make sure this is all running. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a wild thing to me, but it's hard to get there. Will we ever get there? Who could tell? Who could tell? Ryan asks, will there ever be a new episode in the B-Sides feed? <laughs> so the B-Sides feed is a is a feature in our CMS where the idea was, oh, we may pick titles or something funny happens, a little clip, and we would publish it to the B-Side, which is like a separate podcast feed, but they were attached to the parent episode. So it'd be linking forward and back linking between the episode and the B-Side. There's some things in there. Basically, membership killed this, though, because now yep. things like title picking, we do as a membership perk. Like, for instance, on Connected, the post show every week is us picking titles and sometimes following up on something. And so the B-side feature, in my mind, is kind of slated for retirement. Um, some of the stuff needed for that to work plumbing-wise, life would be better without in terms of developing the CMS. And so it may not be long for this world but i don't think there's ever going to be a new one yeah it just uh it adds complexity which is not needed because we don't use that feature anymore and like there are a lot of things where like hey if something funny happened after we record finish recording upgrade we'd put it in there well now that's like really good for upgrade plus right like as you were saying so like it didn't really make any sense and we also kind of just stopped using it anyway like before membership it just stopped getting used and so it went away yeah i'm looking Trying to see how many. There's only 43 episodes in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one from 2021, and then three from 2020, and the rest are older than that. So I mean, it's it's pretty old. It did have a good ta- tagline though. Some things are too good to throw away. Pretty good. Pretty good. Marley's asked, "Which one of you is the best handyman?" You are. It's probably true. No, it is true. It is true. It is true. We don't need to like to beat around the bush on this one. <laughs> You're better at handyman stuff than me, but I'm learning. I'm a I'm a learning boy, you know. But you're better than me. Yeah, you bought a house. I bought a house. Things in your house break. And oh boy, do they. And you know, I'm getting better at it. But Mm -hmm. you just get on roofs and stuff, you know? Also, you come from a handyman family, you know? And so you're kind of, as you say to me sometimes, forced into these things. Because what are you going to do? If your dad's there to help you with a plumbing, you've got to help dad, you know? Yeah, both my parents were contractors. So I grew up up in it, you know? Pretty comfortable with a lot of it. Not electricity, though. I'm not doing my electrical work. This episode of Connected is made possible by ZocDoc. Raise your hand if you've caught yourself listening to the so-called health experts on social media. Maybe they say something about your morning drink and you find yourself wondering if it is related to your symptoms. Meanwhile, when's the last time you went to an actual good doctor? If you have to think about it, it's time to head to ZocDoc. There are thousands of top-rated doctors on ZocDoc. They all are listed with verified patient reviews, so you can find and book a doctor who not only has years of experience and an actual medical degree, but also gets you and where you are. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones that take your insurance or are located near you and treat almost any condition you may be searching for. And they all have verified reviews from actual real patients, not bots. The average waiting time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 48 hours. That's it. You can also often get same-day appointments even. And once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately with just a few taps. So no more awkwardly waiting on hold with a receptionist. It's so important to have 
quality healthcare provider in your life. And ZocDoc is a great way to go about finding one. Maybe you've moved to a new area or just looking for a change. ZocDoc can be helpful. So go check it out at ZocDoc.com connected to download their app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C, ZocDoc.com connected. Our thanks to ZocDoc for their support of the show and Relay FM. Kay asks, it's nearly September. Are you ready for the podcast podcast-a-thon? Uh! Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad, gang. It's bad. We're working on it. But it's good, but it's bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's excellent, but it's, like, terrifying, and there's so much work to do. And as is usual, we have increased the complexity. Badder, bolder, Longer. better. Longer. Stronger. More powerful. More powerful. It's going to be awesome. Like, it's going to be so good. If we can pull off half of the things that we want to, this one is going to it's going to crush. But that just means it's a lot of work and it's a lot of effort. I'm very thankful to everyone at St. Jude and Stephen for managing the vast majority of it. <laughs> Spend a lot of time with that team. Uh, a lot of time. But yeah, it's coming. But it's the best, though. Right? It, it is, is the, the best. best. I love working it's with them. It's the best thing that we get to do. I mean, like, that's the thing. Could you imagine? How, what's our total now? Two point oh, I can tell you. I two? looked at it today. Yep. We have raised for St. Jude over the last four years two million two hundred and seven thousand five hundred and fifty seven dollars. That is an unimaginable amount of money that the little podcast network that could has raised. You know what I mean? Like incredible. So good. So thankful. Amazing thing. Makes all the work worth it. But like at the in the middle of August, that work feels horrible. You know, it, it gets better. Yeah. Like once September starts, it's fine. I think, like, because mm-hmm. then you're just in it. But like before anything has even begun, it's like, oh man, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus, we have you know our attention has been a little split with planning the live show. Yes, but I think that's going to be. Luckily, that after like next week that we'll be able to just take a back seat for a while which will be perfect yeah and i also have my kickstarter like finishing up that project doing fulfillment and so i've tried to set it up where i don't have to touch any of that in september the calendar is at the printer for a press test today mm-hmm. right the stickers are already here like getting a lot of stuff done in advance so it's ready for me in october once the campaign's done but right now it's pretty hectic uh, Fishkai asks Mike and a few other hosts on the network have work shows and feeling shows I just heard John talk about that uh, on Spotlight mm-hmm. Stephen you have plenty of work shows what would your feelings show be like what would it be called getconnectedpro.co uh, no yeah I guess I guess that's I mean kind of I, I have thought about this I have long wanted to do a show like analog like way back in the day you had a you had a show with a friend of ours and it's like kind of a feeling show cooking with brett and mike if anyone remembers that does anybody know (laughs) this i don't know like that i really if if we say cooking with brett and mike and you know what that is like please let us please tell me please tell me so i've long even back then i've wanted to do a show like that but I don't know who I would do it with. My concern with that show always is longevity. I mean, you look at what y'all have done with Analog, right? It's one of the original shows, but you've gone from weekly to monthly over time. 
Rec Diffs is going strong, but Merlin and John are both, I think, way more interesting than me, so they can just go forever. Uh, so I don't know what it would be like or what it would be called. I would like a place to talk about some of that stuff, and I don't really feel like I have an outlet for that. So who knows? I don't have any concrete plans, but uh, I always kind of kind of halfway interested in it. It's an interesting type of show to do. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to balance sometimes, like because yeah. you're giving a lot of your emotion to the world, which can be hard. It is, it can be very valuable, but it can also like be tough. There's a tangential to what you were saying, but I think it's also difficult from like a privacy perspective. For instance, I don't post pictures of my kids online. Yeah, Josiah's picture is part of the St. Jude campaign. That's why we do it. But he is not part of the campaign. I try very hard not to use the names of my other kids or even his name if I can get away with it. Like, so there's there's also some of that of like there are things that I would talk about with with like friends, you know, like you and other people we work with and my friends in Memphis that are specific things that I would not feel comfortable sharing on a podcast. Like there's also that to navigate, which is really what gives me pause more than anything else. Railsy asks, if this were a biography, how would you break down the timeline? Do we think we're in the middle of an era, start or an end? What do you think about the one I laid out earlier about like when, before we were both full time from that to 2020 and 2020 to now? Do you feel like that is work works? Do you think there's more like I think that that you've probably established that like that 2014 to 2020 was probably the start and that 2020 onwards is probably the middle. I would mm-hmm. say we're in the middle. I don't even think we're in the middle of the middle, you know what I mean? But like I just feel like life cycle of the company is the middle. But I also don't really feel like in this scenario, start, middle, and end would be equal amounts of time. No. It's more just like mindset. But like, I feel like we are just firmly middle, like in the sense of like what we're doing in the sense, like we're not trying to scale anymore. We're we're not looking to add content anymore. You know, like all this kind of stuff is like... We, you know, we're not really in that phase, but yeah. we're not near the end. Like, at least for us, no, we're right? not. Like, we're not planning an exit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not planning on what happens after us. Although we do have a document now of what happens in emergencies because we realized after my car accident that was probably important to have written down. So, which is still a thing we need to review because I feel like we set it up and haven't reviewed it. But like, yes, that scared me a lot. I just realized that, like, I didn't know what was going on with you and I didn't know how to do anything. Like, I had no idea. Like, if something happened to you, Mm -hmm. I had no idea what to do. And that was quite scary. So, because we have responsibilities. Like, obviously, the most important thing to me is you. We do. But then there are other people that rely on us. Yes. And so, like, what I was focused on at that time was like, there needs to be a document that tells us what to do so that we don't have to think. Mm-hmm. Because in those moments, the last thing you want to do... Think. Yeah, exactly. The last thing you want to do is sit down and be like, oh, what does Mike do on a weekly basis? Like, no, like, yeah. I want to like, be there for my friend and his family what if something is terrible the bank happened. account number? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, it's just <laughs> yeah. like these kinds of things where like... Mm-hmm. I mean, we've. I feel like I have. I'm sure you have been involved in this kind of thing in families. And oh, how yeah. how difficult it is. And like... I feel like we have way more complicated stuff than I do in my family, right? Like something happened to me or if something happened to you, I feel like it would be more complicated than if something like just from a logistical standpoint, 
than if something happened in my immediate family. Like all of the things that would have to be taken care of. And the fact that we span the globe. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's which comes with some like really hairy financial complications. So, yep. So strange and so weird. <laughs> like having someone here in the US who has access to our bank account that's not me. Right. We had to go through that years ago because I can't. Something does hap- happen to me and you gotta, you know, you need the the money's here, right? It's in America. The bank won't ever let me log into the online banking. No, it locks us out every time. You can't use your debit card, which probably has expired years ago anyways. Greg asks, have you ever talked to your partner in your podcast voice by mistake? There's no difference anymore. Do you, let me expand the question. Have you ever talked to somebody in your podcast advertising voice? Because that is different, I think, slightly. Oh, because that's reading. So this happened to me, has happened to me many times, like reading a book with my kids, <laughs> and I slip into, into my podcast ad oh, voice. Oh, oh. oh, I guess, I mean, I haven't done that, but I guess... You know what? I've probably done that kind of thing. If I have to like, when I I did a speech recently, I was the best man, and I probably did that in my podcast advertising voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess. See, that's the thing is like my reading voice is a more fake voice, I suppose, right? Because it's like da 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 da, da right? Yeah. Like it's that, right? It's a little like punchier. It's the, ryth- the little rhythm stuff that I do, but like my actual speaking voice and my podcast voice, they are now effectively the same. Which is why I have this like weird accent and I say things like mobile, you know, and like beta. <laughs> like I don't just say those on the shows anymore. Like that's just my language, you know. Uh, the only ever, th- I guess the only thing for me is like if I ever actually slip into my non-podcast voice, that's the weird thing. Like if I'm around my family and I've had a few drinks or whatever, like maybe, maybe I like slip backwards into my Cockney accent a little bit more, You're you know. A little more British. Yeah, but. Outside of that, no. I, but yeah, the reading one is not one that I've encountered yet, but I imagine that will be the same for me, and I think that's hilarious and adorable. Uh, Zoe asks, what's the most surprising thing about running a podcast company? People now, nine years in, understand it when I say I own a podcast company for a living. That used to not be the case. Yeah, I mean, I would say on that that like I've, I have owned a podcast company for nine years and still don't feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah, there's that too. I don't know what surprised me. I mean, we had a lot of experience before Relay through 70 decibels and through our time at 5x5. So I don't I don't know. Does any, I mean, does this something jump out at you? Oh, yes, I have something. Just how many spammy pitches we get on a daily basis for, for technology in our field. It is truly unbelievable. Like I never would have imagined there could be so many companies trying to revolutionize podcasting as there are. I would say it is more than one, but less than five on a daily basis. Yep. Of companies that are like, hey, I'm going to make everything better for you. You know what I'm like? You know, it's just like, oh my God. Like The best part is, so we have a bunch of email addresses like hello plus connected at Relay FM, hello plus MPU at Relay.FM for uh, feedback. And those emails, some of them are gone from the site, some aren't, but they're all out there. And the best part is when someone sends one of those emails to a bunch of those because they all end up in our shared inbox. Long time follow up. You know, I had a couple of episode arc where I was really mad about the new Spark, right? And all the changes that they made. Mm-hmm. Some of them are still not great. They've made some stuff better. One of the great features is they have like the fact that you can block people. You can block sender or block domain. So I get one of those. I press block domain and I never hear from that company again. Can I just name one of these companies? Yes. I could just, there's this one company called Picked Cherries, which is like the worst 
name ever in my mind and it's meant to be like cherry picked segments right that's what they're going for oh yeah oh but pip cherries all capital letters social podcast sharing absolutely terrible and these people on a like on a i don't know six week basis or whatever would just send an email to every single show like i think what a lot of these companies do is they scrape the podcast database for the email addresses that are in the rss feeds which i think has now been i was very happy about this apple took this away it's too late for us but good for other people that like that's not actually a public part anymore yeah it's not required in the spec anymore it's not required anymore which is great but yeah we get emails from this pick cherries company and they will just email like every few weeks or whatever they will send a bunch of emails and then they will send the follow-up email because they're just not sure if we got it because that's the only reason we wouldn't have responded is that we didn't get it because obviously this is a great deal for everybody they have patented technology steven apparently Mm. Uh, and also what i love about this is it is an app they want you to use their app. Like everyone's going to use this app when Reels and TikTok exists. Yeah. You know? No, that ain't it. All right. Let me uh, wrap us up with a question from Jason. Not that Jason, I don't think. What is something either of you do in running the business of Relay today that you wish you had been doing from the outset? I'm going to say something some people aren't going to like. <laughs> uh-huh time tracking oh why aren't people gonna like that uh, people get mad when you guys talk about it on cortex you know i see, I see. no no well it. no one gets mad that we talk about time tracking i'll tell you that people love it people get mad that we don't talk about time tracking enough uh, that's you know? <laughs> that's what you've chosen to take away from that that's that's on you uh no it's kind of boring or whatever but i didn't i could i'll tell you it's not boring I did. time tracking is not boring. i didn't time track faithfully for a long time i've been doing it now about three years and what it gives me in terms of visibility and how I'm actually spending my time is very useful. And I wish I, one, had the historical data, but 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 also had that sort of objective data to make decisions earlier on about things. So that's, that's my answer. Mm, that is good. It's complicated for me for the business part. Like, that's where I struggle with it. Like, there are things, like, you know, I kind of wished I used third-party editors sooner than i did um yeah so i edited shows too many shows for too long and now i don't really do so much of that anymore that was a definite good change in my life but that's not really the business stuff Mm. and i don't want to reuse like you know hiring someone is also not realistic right like yeah hired someone at the beginning so like that that's just like a cheat answer some of our really boring internal processes are better. Using Google Sheets less for things. Like, we use Google Sheets for everything, and that was not the right choice for a long time. Uh, we still use Google Sheets for a lot of stuff, and it's really good. Yeah. But we also have some numbers sheets floating around. I just mean, like, a, a system that does calculation for me rather than me. Oh, to, like, yes. We've also there yeah, was built, a time built some software when I used to, to do that. Sit with a Google Sheet and a calculator and work out how much to pay everybody. Yeah. That's handled uh, in software now. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that, that, that was the kind of thing where I shouldn't have been doing that ever, but we just didn't really have any other way of doing it. I think, I think that does it. Thank you all for an amazing nine years. And remember, if you are a member of Connected or any other show here on Relay FM, keep an eye out for the ticket link on Friday for our 10th anniversary show happening in London. 
in July of next year. If you're not a member and you're interested in longer ad-free versions of this show or maybe your other favorite Relay shows, you can learn a lot more at relay.fm slash membership. There's a bunch of stuff there that tells you all the, the cool benefits you get. It's a, a great program, and we thank you all for checking it out. And we'll be talking publicly on social media and on shows starting on Monday about the ticket link yep. for... Uh, for non-members, uh, I know what people are going to ask us this question a lot, but we do not have times to tell you because it's about when the venue will put the ticket link up and then when we'll share it. So like, we actually don't know a time, um, but there's a lot of seats. I'm sure it'll be fine. Buy early, buy often. That's what I say. <laughs> well, no, you don't need to buy often, but buy early. Bring your whole family. Please oh. buy early. And yes, bring your whole family. So in doing all the paperwork, I think I told you this, but I'll share it on the show. Uh, going back and forth to the venue, right? There's always questions and things. And there was a question about what our babes in arms policy was going to be. And like, I know what that means, right? It means like, if you have a small child, can they sit with you? But that is not a phrase that we use. I don't know what the American phrase would be, but something about that phrase tickled me in a way that I did not expect that I still think it's funny. Like babes in arms. That is a, that is a very English. It is. To me, like that is an incredibly English saying babes in arms because also what it doesn't mean is like your hot babe you know what i mean oh yeah it actually means it means baby like is or what it means. Children. armed babies you know it's, i mean that yes either. it's not like your hot armed person <laughs> this is my baby this is my baby's weapon yeah uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what that means um, i've lived in the south too long yeah babes in arms is uh babes in arms are you gonna be uh, will you allow people to hold children yes and we said yes it's a family-friendly show and the show is going to be made to be as enjoyable as possible to everyone like for children no <laughs> it is for children it is not going to be a technology focused show in that way like mm. we're going to be playing family feud or as it will be called in the united kingdom family fortunes which is the name of the show in the uk get used to the fact that everything's going to be uk focused because that's where we're going to be so it'll be family fortunes you got to sit on the left hand side of the seat you know exactly you got to sit <laughs> on the left hand side everyone all the stage will just be used on the left everyone looks to the left uh we found we're going to be playing family fortunes and like i'm going to be coming up with the questions and i'm going to make them as like uh you know simple as possible i will say there will be a link in the show notes to our fifth anniversary show we did have a youtube video of that because it was not so expensive to to work uh with video on that year so i will have a link to that if you want to get an idea of what it will be and uh if you are interested please buy a ticket please buy a ticket if you want to find links to the stuff we spoke about including our long history of doing this q a in different places check out the links they're in your podcast player they're also out on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash four six three if you want more of us, you can find us online. Uh, Federico should be back next week, but he, of course, is the editor-in-chief of MaxStories.net, and he is on Mastodon as Vatici at MaxStories.net. You can find Mike on a bunch of other great shows here on Relay FM. He's also the co-founder of Cortex Brand, which I'm sure y'all are busy with the holidays. They're not that far away, right? Oh, Stephen. <laughs> is that something else you have on top of live show and podcastathon and St. Jude and everything else? I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> it's just rough right now, man. Yeah, I'm not asking for uh, spill the beans. You know, I know, I know you're not, but like I should tell you, and it's bad. 
<laughs> it's, te- it's just scary. Scary is what I'm going for. If you want to follow along with Mike and his adventures, he is on threads as iMike, and he's on Mastodon as iMike at Mike.social. You can find me on Mac Power Users every Sunday afternoon here on Relay FM. Uh, this coming episode, we had Casey Liss on to talk about Call Sheet. Oh, great. And talk about Plex and his whole media management system. It's a really good episode. Oh, good. I know what chapter I'll listen to and what chapter I'll skip, so that's good. You're going to skip uh, Call Sheet? I've heard about it too many times at this point. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Give me some Plex. Plex me up. Plex me up. So that's coming Sunday. You can find my writing at 512pixels.net. Uh, you can follow me on social media as ISMH86 on threads and ismh at eworld.social on the dawn i'd like to thank our sponsors this week the wonderful folks at netsuite squarespace and zocdoc links to all of them are also in the show notes until next week mike say goodbye happy anniversary steven uh listeners thank you so much for being on this journey with us goodbye love you bye